Hey guys, welcome back to the GOAT Podcast. This is April the 17th. We are 10 days away from the NFL Draft. Kind of a little bit of a disjointed episode today. I want to talk about something that kind of has blown up over the weekend. Um, My former quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, made some comments about Lamar Jackson when he was asked, very innocently it appeared, um, what was it like, you know, scheming against him? And that's an obvious question to ask because the Ravens and Steelers play twice a year. Ben had a lot of success against Lamar's Ravens over the last five years uh, of the career that Lamar has played. When Ben has played against Lamar, he has a winning record against Lamar Jackson. Uh, There was a portion of time when the Steelers were not just the best quarterback uh, room, you know, not well, hold on, let's see. Let me make sure I say this the right way. There was a portion of time where the Steelers were 4-0 and against the Baltimore Ravens during Lamar's tenure when Lamar started. We swept them two years in a row. Ben Roethlisberger offered this criticism about Lamar Jackson. You don't fear him just sitting in the pocket and picking you apart. And what he means by that is you're able to bring the safeties down and they're kind of able to camp in order to try to stop the run because Lamar's not known for being a pocket quarterback. He's not known for sitting back in the pocket and picking you apart. And that's why he says you don't fear him doing that. But as the media often does, they ran with this in one of the dumbest ways possible. Let's put it into some terms that we can understand. This is a tweet from Bill Barnwell. And the Rave, Baltimore Ravens.com, by the way, ran with this and loved it as they would when you're a trash franchise that can't even sign your quarterback. Um, If he's really as great as you're acting like he is, why doesn't he have a contract? That's the first thing. Second thing, Bill Barnwell tweets, ESPN has passer rating in in the pocket dating back to 2009. Lamar Jackson, pocket passer rating 2018 to 2022, 97.9. Ben Roethlisberger, pocket passer rating 2009 to 2021, 94.2. If you prefer... QBR in the pocket at 64.9 for Jackson, 63.4 for Roethlisberger. Are we serious with this? You understand why this is a trash statistic, right? Number one, we're talking about 2018, 19, 20, 21, and 22 for Lamar Jackson, where he has 97.9. By the way, he missed a majority of the last two years. And then you're talking about 2009 to 2021 – which is an 11-year span, almost 12 years. We're really going to do this? We're going to compare 12 years to five and act like because Lamar Jackson's passer rating in the pocket is better over a five-year period than Ben, Ben Roethlisberger's passer rating is for the majority of his career, that makes this argument null and void? Get out of here. Let's, let's do some math in Baltimore. Let's have some fun. If we were to pull up Ben Roethlisberger's career stats, if I want to do this, and if you want to, if you want to do this, let's do it. Ben Roethlisberger, his career stats: he has sixty-four thousand passing yards, four hundred and eighteen touchdowns, and two hundred and eleven interceptions. Lamar Jackson is trash then, but you're not going to hear me make that argument because it's not a valid argument. 
Mark Schlereth posted a video that I thought was absolutely spectacular where he said, essentially, uh, why don't you guys learn? Why don't you guys learn, you know, the game of football and then come talk to us? Because you can't bring up weird statistics. And he equated it in that video to saying, it'd be like saying because, you know, Shaquille O'Neal shot better from the floor than Kobe Bryant did, that that makes Shaquille O'Neal better than Kobe Bryant, a better floor shooter, which is ridiculous. So that's the first thing we wanted to talk about because Ben Roethlisberger has a right to say, hey, you know, I was in the locker rooms that prepared for Lamar Jackson. I was in those meetings when we talked about how we wanted to minimize him. And what we all said we wanted to do was minimize his ability to run. We wanted to minimize his ability to get out of the pocket and run all over the field. And do you know, do you know that the Steelers have played Lamar Jackson probably the best over anyone? If we want to look up Lamar Jackson's stats against the Steelers, which I think we should because this is a Steelers versus Ravens argument, get ready. Get ready, guys. I'm serious. This is, you can't make this up. Lamar Jackson has a passer rating of 67.4 in his career against the Pittsburgh Steelers. 67.4. He has thrown for 634 yards, four touchdowns, and six picks. He's taken 16 sacks. By the way, that's not even accounting for two of the games that they have played. (laughs) You can't make this up. Look, listen. Two of the games that happened in the very beginning of Lamar's career in 2018, uh, September the 30th and then November the 4th, he barely played. He played one snap. uh, He threw one completion. You get to 2019, and we lost this game. But Lamar Jackson was 19 of 28 for 161 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. He took five sacks. The very next game that we played was September the or November the 1st of 2020. Lamar Jackson was 13 of 28. We won this game, by the way. 13 of 28, 208 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He took four sacks. The most recent game Lamar Jackson has been able to play against the Steelers. And yes, I say most recent because it's 2023 and this game was December the 5th, 2021. He was 23 of 37 for 253 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and seven sacks. Look, I'm not going to say Lamar Jackson's not a good quarterback. I think he has a very unique set of skills that makes him a nightmare when you game plan against him. But in three games that he has started and completed against Pittsburgh, he has sacked 3.2 times a game. He throws at least one interception and less than one touchdown, statistically speaking. Get out of here with this. Come on. But if we wanted to do what they do, Ben Roethlisberger versus Ravens. 
Oh, 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 imagine this. Guys, guys, listen, listen. You ready? Ben Roethlisberger has a passer rating of 85.9 with 6,643 yards, 43 touchdowns, and 25 interceptions in 27 career games versus the Ravens. Are we we really going to do this? Do you want me to do that? Do you want me to start to say, see, the numbers don't lie. By the way, Ben Roethlisberger played against the Ravens over the last five years, really four years, I guess you should say, more than Lamar played against the Steelers. We're eight minutes in, and... I I've just this has been bothering me all weekend that people would do this. And this is what tell this is where you know we're in a slow year with the draft right now. Not a lot of movement because everybody's all up in arms about what Ben Roethlisberger said. Let's get into what the episode's actually about. By the way, if you think I'm wrong on that, that's okay. I would love to talk to you about it. You can reach out to us at goat versus goat at gmail.com. I used StatMuse for all of my statistics today. And I am not going to change my pick uh, or my stance on this, but I am going to say, you know, it is what it is. Okay. To, to what we actually want to talk about today. I want to overview this week a few different mock drafts, as well as looking at TDNs, that's the Draft Network, TDN's um, top 10 players on their big board, and I want to see, you know, kind of what I agree and disagree. So here are the rules for this. We're going to review a mock draft a day. That's five this week. I'm going to tell you if I agree with the pick or not. If I do not agree with the pick, I reserve the right to reselect. So hopefully what ends up happening at the end of this is we have a wonderful mock draft that is going to be perfect. Now, obviously, it's not going to be perfect, but hear what I'm saying here. I'm not changing most of the top three picks unless they're just egregious. If they're absolutely terrible, I am going to change them. So you're not going to see a ton of changing in the top five picks, you know, for the most part. Um, I'm not going to disagree with a lot of these because I, I would, I would argue from a fantasy football perspective, and I know it's not the same, but just bear with me when I'm setting out a dynasty draft and I'm trying to figure out what's Daniel Webster going to do, what's Jamison going to do, what is Dan Cates going to do? What is, you know, Monica, what are they going to do? What's Bradley going to do? I might sit down and come up with a top five that it feels like that's where we're heading. And I I could be dead wrong, but if you like a guy and you're in the top five and you genuinely believe in him, go get him. Go get him. You're probably not going to be picking at five if you do your job correctly much longer. So get the guy that's great. I heard someone say the other day, a, a former GM of a team, This is the last draft that the Lions should be picking in the top 10. Well, if that's true, and somebody, let's just say Will Anderson Jr. is sitting there at six, you can't pass on him to go and take, you know, a quarterback. You take Will Anderson. Quarterback will work itself out. 
So you're not going to see a ton of turnover today. But we're going to start with Cynthia Freeland. Uh, I think that's how you say her name, or Freeland. This was posted on March the 30th, 2023, so we're, we're a little bit behind, but she hasn't posted a new mock draft that I've seen. Cynthia, I, I don't like this mock draft um, once we get to a certain point. But I also don't hate a lot of it either. And I think this is why it's a good kind of good place to start. Cynthia's first several picks. I'm going to read the analysis too, by the way, on the picks that, uh, that I don't agree with. So Cynthia's first several picks are the Panthers at number one select C.J. Stroud. Um, I don't have a problem with that. I think you're really looking at a toss-up. If you believe the narrative that it was C.J. Stroud for a while, now it's Bryce Young, then it really is a toss-up on who's going to be the number one pick. I don't know. I'm not sure that you can say with any certainty that either one of them are locked in at number one. So I'm not going to complain if either one of them go number one. And so far, of the four drafts that I have prepared, we haven't talked about all of them yet, but it's a split decision as to who goes number one. So let that sink in for a moment. Split decision. Number two is Bryce Young. Again, I I don't like the fit of him going to Houston. I don't think that that's the best place for him to you know have a long and thriving career, but I'm not going to complain about it because you're picking at number two. Bryce Young is probably one of the best athletes in the top three. You got to take him. Number three, Anthony, uh, Arizona Cardinals, I should say, select Will Anderson Jr. Here's something to think about that a lot of people are talking about that I'm, I'm just not sold on. If you were the Arizona Cardinals and you had the ability to trade down to 11 with the Titans, because that's what everybody's talking about right now. If you had the ability to trade down to 11 and not get Will Anderson, because he won't be there at 11. Would you do it? Well, you can get extra picks. Or would you trade away your second-round pick for Derrick Henry? You know you don't have a good quarterback. You know that Kyler Murray is not going to be playing until December, and you still have to try to be competitive. Go get Derrick Henry and make it possible make it possible for you to be a contender. I would agree, though, that Will Anderson Jr. is the best pick here. Number four, she has the Arizona Cardinals not trading out of number three with the uh, the Colts, and so the Indianapolis Colts end up staying pat at four, and they draft Anthony Richardson. I don't hate it, but I'd I think we are really, really in trouble when we do not factor in the whole career. For the same reason people are talking about Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger's stats being so important, Anthony Richardson basically has no stats. No stats. That is not a good model for selecting a quarterback. I would take Will Levis there, but I'm going to leave it. The, I'm going to leave it unchanged because of my rules that. I'm not going to change anything unless it's, unless it's egregious. Number five, she has 
She has the Seattle Seahawks taking Tyree Wilson, and I'm not going to complain too much about it because I do believe that Jalen Carter has potentially fallen out of favor with a lot of these top 10 teams. And I honestly wouldn't think that it would be crazy to see a team trade in to the top 10 to select Jalen Carter. I'm looking at you, Pittsburgh. I'm looking at you, Washington. I'm looking at you, Philadelphia, to jump up from 10. But Tyree Wilson, another one of those. Now, here we are at pick six. She has the Detroit Lions selecting Kalijah Cansey. Um, really? And I want to, uh, I want you to listen to this analysis. <laughs> Overall, Cansey is my 18th highest rated prospect. And this is slot number six. Are you picking up what I'm putting down, Detroit? God, do you think that the, the teams read these? Do you think an NFL team, if we ever got big enough on the GOAT podcast, would would say, did you see who Michael mocked us taking in round seven the other day? No. This is for you and me. No one else matters in regards to the mock drafts but you and me. You pick it up what I'm putting down, Detroit. Maybe see if you can add an extra pick or two in a later round and still get this guy. Why would you do that instead of taking Jalen Carter? If that's what you want to do. Why would you do that? But I, I'll be nice. I'll be nice. And I'll still say, I'll still say that Jalen Carter's fallen out of favor. Just take Miles Murphy then. That's my repick. This is the first one. We, we went through the first five picks. I do not like pick number six. We're changing it. Pick number seven is Jalen Carter. I, I'm sticking with this because it's the Las Vegas Raiders who have been known to have kind of a like, oh, let's see. What is the best way to describe this? A thug mentality? And so if people are saying that Jalen Carter is a thug and that Jalen Carter is an arrogant guy who has basically talked himself out of being drafted in the top three, which in any other quarterback class, last year's quarterback class, for example, it would probably go Carter or Will Anderson at one and two. Flip-flop either way. But I'm not going to complain about it too much. Pick number eight. I... I like this pick, even though I like the quarterback in Atlanta. She has the Atlanta Falcons taking Will Levis. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Pick number nine is the Chicago Bears. She has them standing pat and selecting Peter Skoronsky. Now, something I had not thought about before, but I'm kind of going out on a limb here, and I'm going to be curious to see if I'm right. This podcast that I listened to with a former GM, he has gone on the record and said, Skoronsky cannot be taken to be an offensive tackle. He does not have the arm length for that. His arms are too short. He's got to play guard. So watch this analysis. You ready? Pick number nine, Peter Skoronsky to the Bears. Skoronsky played left tackle at Northwestern. 
but some analysts project him as a guard at the pro level. My math suggests to build with Skaronsky as a tackle and adjust accordingly to net the most wins, but can you adjust accordingly if he literally cannot stop somebody off the edge? Can you? I don't know that you can, and so I, I have them taking Paris Johnson Jr. To me, if you are the Chicago Bears, unless a team offers you a deal that you just can't pass up trading back, then you stand pat and you take Paris Johnson Jr. He is the best tackle in this class, in my opinion. Take him. Build around Justin Fields for real, for once, in your pathetic, miserable existence of a franchise. Give the quarterback the tools, not just weapons. Give him the tools up front. So I I disagree with this pick. And it's not the only person that uh, has made this type of selection in what we're going to talk about this week. So I say Paris Johnson. Then we get to Lucas Van Ness. And she says, it's the same pairing I had in my first mock for the Philadelphia Eagles, but note that the order of my edges has changed a bit as I've gotten a better sense of what type of skills teams were prioritizing during the free agency process. Monica, you're going to like this, but this wouldn't be happening if free agency was after the draft. Um, it's, it gets me angry every time. I am so mad that we're talking about what teams do in free agency as an indication of what they'll do in the draft. Guys, just another example from my team. The Steelers signed Mitch Trubisky last year and then still went out and drafted a quarterback, and we signed Mitch to essentially a $14 million a year deal. And he was named the starter after we signed him, and we still took Kenny Pickett. I like Lucas Van Ness, but I don't like him here. So I have instead Nolan Smith from Georgia going. Same position. That's often what I tried to do if I could. I tried to make it a situation where I could uh, pick the same player and try to just pick it better if I could. There are some where I, I took a completely different you know, route in general. But that takes me to the next pick, which was Nolan Smith for the Titans, and we just flip-flop. I'll, I'll put Lucas Van Ness here. I do think Van Ness is a top three edge player, um, but I, I like Nolan Smith and I like Will Anderson a lot more. Van Ness, if you're looking for a dynasty perspective, Van Ness gives you a lot of value in age because he was a redshirt sophomore. Nolan Smith was a senior. Will Anderson was a junior. So Van Ness is very likely the youngest out of all of them. I don't have all their birthdays in front of me, but... That's just something to think about. Pick number 12. She has Miles Murphy going here to the Texans. And I, I'm sorry, I, I do not like anyone that says, anyone that says the Texans will not take offensive line help at 12. They might take a receiver. Jackson Smith and Jigba could go here. Um, you know, you could even argue for some other guys they they apparently like TCU players over there in Houston, and they could take Quentin Johnston here if they genuinely think he is the best. I, I don't think they should do anything other than take the tackle. 
take the best tackle on the board, move on. So I have them taking Broderick Jones, tackle out of Georgia. Now, pick number 13, we have a quandary because the New York Jets are taking Paris Johnson Jr. Well, he's already off the board. So here's where I will go ahead and take Peter Skaronsky, and we can just say that he will be able to, to play guard or, or you know something along those lines. They can make it work. And if he needs to play tackle, I think he could play tackle because Rodgers is so quick at getting the ball out. I don't think Skaronsky would make a ton of you know difference. Pick number 14 I like because it's a, it's a cornerback for the Patriots, and I think that at this point on the board, the Patriots could basically do just about anything, and I would not complain about it other than taking a running back. Um, we'll talk about that in a little while. Uh, they take Devin Witherspoon. I, I'm good with that pick. Number 15, this is where Jackson Smith and Jigba goes, but I, I don't like taking a wide receiver when you don't have a tight end. And so I have, instead of Jackson Smith and Jigba going to the Packers, Dalton Kincaid. Uh, I also don't think that the Packers will ever draft a wide receiver in the first round. I think they're that petty where they're just going to kind of say, we're going to die on this hill whether we want to or not. But I just, I think you take Dalton Kincaid or the best tight end on your board. Michael Meyer, Darnell Washington, you know, t- take one of those guys. Pick number 16, I'm amazed that he fell here. Uh, it's Christian Gonzalez, and in her in her board, on her board, he just fell right there, and I'm, I'm very much amazed by that. Pick number 17, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, she has Broderick Jones going. Now, he is a young offensive tackle. I love that about him. If he is the Steelers' pick at 17, I will not complain because – we are desperately trying to build a picket fence, and I'm good with that. But Broderick Jones is already gone, and our model that we're doing here is we're trying to build her mock draft into the perfect mock draft. So I am going to take the luxury pick here and take Jackson Smith and Jigba instead. I think JSN with George Pickens, um, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, and then Deontay Johnson – that gives you some insurance if Deontay Johnson does not play better this year. He didn't score a touchdown all this past season. If that does not get fixed, look for Johnson to possibly be the Chase Claypool of this year's draft or this year's uh, you know trade deadline. I I think that that's, that's very possible. Um, that being said, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba here, would be one of those uh, excites the fans, it makes everybody excited, and he doesn't have to be the number one guy. Best wide receiver on the board goes to the Steelers. Fun fact, in the last 21 drafts, the Pittsburgh Steelers have taken a wide receiver in 19. 19 of those 21 drafts. And they have taken two wide receivers in a draft in some of those drafts as well, including last year where they took Calvin Austin the third and George Pickens. The Steelers have it figured out on the wide receiver portion of the ball. Uh, every year they seem to draft a guy that's going to eventually replace the starter. Uh, that's what George Pickens is expected to be with uh, Deontay Johnson, but he ended up eating it at Chase Claypool's time because Claypool just was not playing well. And I think you could see the Steelers take JSN here. 
Pick number 18 is Dalton Kincaid on her board, uh, but he's gone. So we take another tight end, Michael Meyer. I do think the Lions will take a tight end in, the, in their first three picks uh, because they got rid of Hawkinson, which was a little bit of a surprise, but I, I they felt confident. Um, so cool. I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to argue with the strategy there. Pick number 19, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and her draft select Anton Harrison. I'm okay with that. He played left tackle at Oklahoma. He only allowed one knockdown, a sack or a hit on 425 pass protection snaps last season. That's insane. He's also a junior. So I think he could be, he could be a guy that, um, He would be a steal there, I think. Pick number 20, Jordan Addison to the Seahawks. But I don't I don't like that here because what I would rather see the Seahawks do is take Quentin Johnston. Take Quentin Johnston and give two massive body receivers for Geno Smith slash whoever's coming in next, which in my mock drafts, I would think that Hendon Hooker if he makes it out of the first round, is going to be a huge threat to go to Seattle. I also could see Seattle trading draft capital to go and get Hendon Hooker if they really believe that Hooker is the next quarterback. But Quentin Johnson's my pick there. Number 21, Michael Meyer is on the board for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, but he's gone in our mock draft that we're kind of piecing together, Frankenstein style. Uh, Frankenstein style. Yikes. It's getting late. I don't like this pick, even if, you know, this other guy wasn't available. But she writes in her own mock draft, I could see the Chargers targeting B. John Robinson here. That's the pick. That That's the pick. You, there's nothing more. That's what you do. Here's where it got really tough for me because I hated this, but I had to do it. I try not to be a biased fan as much as possible. That being said, I take no joy in this next pick. She had the Baltimore Ravens taking Quentin Johnston. Um, He's gone right now. He went two picks before. I do think that the Ravens draft a wide receiver if they have their quarterback issues with Lamar fixed. And so I'm going to give them Jordan Addison. Moving on. Uh, pick number 23, Joey Porter Jr. I I can see that pick being a viable one because they do have to replace the cornerbacks that they lost. They lost Patrick Peterson. They let Jeff Gladney, I believe, go. And so they do have a cornerback need. But I also think their need for a quarterback is greater because Kirk Cousins is a free agent after this season, and um, I don't know that they're going to re-sign him. I I just don't see that. So I have them taking Hendon Hooker instead of Joey Porter Jr. in Minnesota. The uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock, and they take Deontay Banks. No, they don't. They take Darnell Washington. Look, continue to give... Trevor Lawrence, as many viable pieces around him as possible to make a run. If you lose Evan Ingram next year, 
you've already got your tight end right there waiting in the fold. And this year, you don't have a ton of wide receivers that are absolutely, uh, you know, superstars. You don't have... You have a need that you could really fill with two tight end sets, and I, I'm I'm going to die on this hill. I believe very much so, very much so, that this is the type of tight end class that you could see a team bring back what the Patriots did years ago. Years ago. Moving on. New York Giants, she has them taking Zay Flowers. I'm good with that. They need more wide receiver weapons. The only problem I would have with it is you, you probably don't want to continue to draft all of your wide receivers to being under six feet and having them all be the same. Uh, you, you need a little bit of variety there, but it is what it is. I'm, I'm okay with it. Pick number 26, she has uh, Bijan Robinson. Going to the Dallas Cowboys, and I, I, if that happened, I would not complain about it. But Bijan is already gone. He went to the Chargers, which is the best fit for him outside of Jameer Gibbs. So I have them instead taking Drew Sanders. Um, there's been rumors they might trade for Devin White. There were rumors that they were in on Bobby Wagner, but he unfortunately signed with the Seattle Seahawks, and so that didn't work out for them. They re-sign Leighton Vander Esch, but at what cost? They've got a kid named Jabril Clark, or Damon Clark, and he looks like he could be a starter. I think if you plug in Drew Sanders, you are completely covered no matter what you do. If Clark does not pan out, you have Drew waiting in the wings. If Clark does pan out, you have the ability and the pieces to go to a 3-4 should you desire. I think that could be happening for the Cowboys, but I'm not going to get in too far into that. She has the Buffalo Bills taking Cam Smith, a cornerback from South Carolina. However, Joey Porter Jr. is still on the board, so I'm going to have them take Joey Porter Jr. Um, he's more physical, in my opinion. I think he's more of a shutdown corner, and I think that would be a really great option for them there. Pick number 28, Darnell Wright to the Cincinnati Bengals. Look, Jonah Williams wants to be traded, and I do believe 110% that he will be. He will be traded. I, I just believe that in my gut. Or he'll be cut. Wouldn't it be great if he was cut and he went to the Pittsburgh Steelers? You can come play left tackle for us, buddy. I'm good with that. But he's not going to be playing left tackle in Cincinnati, and so they take Darnell Wright. I, I don't have any issue with that. You've got to protect Joe Burrow. He cannot be sacked 50 times this season. He just can't be. Pick number 29 makes a lot of sense. The New Orleans Saints double dip into the LSU pool. Would not be the first time they have done that. Would not be the last time they will do that. Uh, they see these guys play quite a bit in their backyard. New Orleans Saints select B.J. Ojolari, LSU, Edge. You know, um, Aziz Ojolari is uh, in New York, and B.J. could be a guy that does a lot of great things wherever he ends up. Now, this was something interesting. Monica, if you're listening... First of all, what's up? Second of all, they are listing Brian Branch as a cornerback. I don't know if that is a mistake because everything I've seen on TDN and other sites says he's a safety, but they're listing him as a cornerback. Am I missing something there? Did he play cornerback in college? Let me know. 
Um, because if he did, that's going to be intriguing because we have seen people before shift from corner to safety and vice versa. But usually it's the other way around. For example, Minka Fitzpatrick was a you know safety at Alabama that was drafted by the Dolphins, and they said, well, you're going to be a cornerback. He didn't want to be a cornerback. He wanted to be a safety. Um, so I, I just feel like I'm missing something there. But uh, I don't hate the pick because I do think the Eagles need a safety. Pick number 31, the last pick of this draft, she has uh, – it's really, really not fun that these guys' names are so hard. But she has Felix Anyaduke Uzama. Uh, I hope that's right. I'm sorry, Felix, if you somehow ever hear this. My bad. But I don't like that pick there. I do know they need an edge player, but I think there's plenty of edge that they could get a plug-and-place you know, kind of deal – uh, for example, Adebore, Will McDonald, and Brian Breesey are also all available here. So it's not crazy that the Chiefs could even say, let's just trade back, get a few more picks. But let's say they're not trading back for the sake of this exercise. I'm going to have them take Josh Downs, the wide receiver from North Carolina. He looks like he's a vacuum, catches everything in his path. That's what you want. Now, as we close today... I want to give you a couple of rumors that I have been seeing and hearing. The first rumor is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking into trading up with the Chicago Bears to pick number nine. The projected offer is a 17th overall selection and the 49th overall selection to move up to number nine. Please don't do that deal unless Jalen Carter is there or Paris Johnson is there and you're going to be able to get him. Please just leave it be. Uh, stay put. You have three picks in the top 50. You're not going to have that for every draft. Take advantage of it. I trust the Steelers process in the top three uh, picks that they will make. The second rumor that I am hearing is that Dalvin Cook could be released. Dalvin Cook, the, the Vikings running back, could be cut. That means the Vikings are now going to be on Bijan Robinson watch, Jameer Gibbs watch, Zach Charbonnet, um, and a wide variety of other running backs that are in the top 10 of their position, all because they don't want to pay $10.4 million, I believe. $10.4 million. The last rumor that I heard, I need to go back and see if I can find it before I just spout it off uh, because I don't want to get it wrong. Oh, here's part of it. Jalen Carter's visiting the Detroit Lions tomorrow, or which would be today. He uh, will have visited the Seahawks, number five, Lions, number six, Raiders, number seven, Bears, number nine, and Eagles, number ten. The only team he would not have visited in the top ten would be the first four teams, which we all think are pretty much going to go quarterback or Will Anderson, and the Atlanta Falcons, which to me makes sense because, again, backyard, they know what he can do. The last rumor that I saw that is absolutely puzzling is DeAndre Hopkins tweeted today, Hopkins doesn't want to raise. The rumor that has been going around is that DeAndre Hopkins wants a massive contract, and that's why the deal's being stalled. Just like the rumor with Aaron Rodgers is that he came out and said he was 90% retired, and that stalled the deal with the Jets. DeAndre Hopkins just literally went on the offensive and said, hey, man, I don't, I don't want to raise. I'm going to do whatever. Also, along the same vein with DeAndre Hopkins, Lamar Jackson reportedly told the Baltimore Ravens that he would not re-sign with them unless they got 
both DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham Jr. And they said in turn, we can't afford that, but we'll get one of them. And they got the wrong one. But I digress. Tomorrow we will have another review of a mock draft. Maybe have a guest. We'll see. Till then, leave us an email in the comments. In the comments, this isn't a YouTube video. Leave us an email and let us know if we got these picks right or wrong. But until then, take care.